Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Bright Side with Technicia. This month is almost over, and we're already following into February, so I'm excited. Hey, and I'm glad for you tuning in. Many of you were requested for things like this, and of course, you already know I'm into health and fitness, so if you need to talk to me about weight loss and getting into that skin products and just getting that energy back, please do contact me. Um, I'm on Facebook. You can post a message to me there at Technisha Day. So I'm glad because today it's all about let's grow. Let's get into what we really need to get into. Most of you probably already have broken your New Year's resolutions already, but it's time to get back on track because, as we always say, Expand your mind to match your goals or your goals for strength to match your mind. So I am having the pleasure to have this guest on because, of course, it's the new year. We want to get on track. Some of us feel kind of guilty. We still don't know which way to go. And it might not just be you alone that's having this issue, and it could be something else that's affecting your weight loss. But with his roots and chiropractic biophysics, Dr. Kajiki was busy helping patients in the San Fernando Valley in Southern California with their spinal structural corrective care when his wife became ill with with what at first appeared to be Epstein-Barr. As he watched his wife's health deteriorate under the care of several doctors, Dr. Kajiki began a relentless search for answers to why his healthy wife could become so ill and yet no one seemed to know how to care for her. After more than two years of tests, medication, B12 shots, and finally hospitalization, it was her husband and not her medical provider who came to her rescue. After countless hours of study, consultation with colleagues and testing, Dr. Kajiki diagnosed his wife with Hashimoto thyroiditis, an autoimmune condition that attacks the thyroid. He spent the next several months treating her autoimmune condition through natural supplements, lifestyle modifications, and dietary changes. She is now symptom-free and doesn't take any thyroid medication. Dr. Kajiki couldn't stand to think that perhaps somebody else was having to go through the prolonged struggle with this condition as he and his wife had. Because, because of his experience, he dedicated his practice to helping Hashimoto's and low thyroid patients overcome their symptoms naturally without drugs. He found the Valley Thyroid Institute, California, known known the world over, and he has become the leading expert on non-drug treatments for hypothyroidism, low thyroid, and Hashimoto's. His patients are from countries and cities all across the globe, many as far as Canada, Romania, London, and New Zealand. Dr. Kajiki has created the Thyroid Mystery Solved, an educational five-DVD series of self-help for patients with chronic thyroid problems. Today, we will start by exploring if thyroid might be a factor in why so many people cannot lose weight and how that can be determined and treated. Do call in at 347-426-3751. I am promoting the show as well as we speak. 
speak and I will keep promoting it. And I'm also gonna leave the chat box open just for you, just in case if you want to chat with me and get your questions answered, but I would rather hear your voice because that's what we wanna hear. Let's be giants today, people. Dr. Kajiki, thank you for being on. It's such a pleasure for you to take out your busy time out of your schedule to be with us. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, you know, I'm glad I am. As I said, I'm glad to have you on. There are so many questions people are wondering about, and I and I even have a friend. Uh, she mainly, I think I want to get to her question mainly. Irene, this is for you. Um, are there any books out there? that relates to thyroid? Sure. There, there are dozens, maybe hundreds of books. Here's the problem, and, and here's the issue I have with these types of books for treatment, is that they don't write the book for your friend Irene. They don't write the book for Technetia. They don't write the book for Mary Smith. They write the book as a general rule, as a general treatment protocol for anyone and everyone well, who wants to be treated as part of the herd? Right? That's the reason why you're having thyroid trouble is because the doctors who treated you treated you like everyone else, and that protocol didn't work. So I have a problem with these books that are written out there for, hey, do this diet, do this treatment, take this vitamin, take this supplement, take this drug, because it's not personalized and customized. I never give a general treatment. I customize every protocol to every person's situation. So the answer to your question is yes, there are dozens of books out there, and if you get one, one is just as good as another because it's a crapshoot as to whether it will work for you or not. Okay. Now, are there any solutions, like let's say if you're trying to go into a weight management program, what are things that you need to be cautious of if you do have thyroid? Well, as far as weight management goes, one of the first things I talk to people about is um, if you're going to work with me, I want you to be more concerned about the root cause of why you can't lose weight rather than just the pounds. Uh, the pounds on the scale is really insignificant. I mean, if you just want to lose 20 pounds or 10 pounds, just cut your arm off. But if you want to lose weight healthy – and you want to know the reason why you gain the weight or can't lose the weight so you don't gain it back, you have to go to the root cause of the problem. And that's why many of these diets don't work is because they don't go to the root cause, people don't change their lifestyles and their habits, and so they gain this weight back. Okay, because it's my research, as I was giving her a little bit of details, I, I told her to also make sure she maintains sleep. You have to be careful of your calorie intake. Also, you have to wash your dietary supplements, you know, take plenty of vitamins. Are those good suggestions for people, for her? Oh, sure. Um, and and those, are, those are great suggestions. But once again, um, you know, patient A may need calcium. Patient B may need magnesium. Patient C may need vitamin D. Patient E may need uh, anti-inflammatories. But unless you have specific lab testing, you don't know what you are deficient in or what you are overgen. So it's important to get the proper type of testing to figure out your individual needs. Okay. So, so doctor, let's get about talking about your wife. Tell us about how you felt when you saw your wife suffering, how that motivated you to get on this path today. 
Well, as a chiropractor, I pretty much just used to treat neck pain, back pain, headaches, and postural structural problems. Um, but then as I started seeing her health deteriorate, I started to wanted to figure out this on my own because we had been to the doctors. The doctor said her lab tests are normal, and there's just no way your lab test can be normal and you still feel lousy. Right, so for for everyone who's listening out there, if your doctors are telling you your lab tests are normal, okay, they're either not doing enough tests to find the problem, they're not doing the right type of media to find the problem, or they're not doing the right types of tests. So there's no way that the tests can be normal and you still feel lousy. So I knew that about my wife. So I knew there had to be other answers. So I started studying functional medicine. And when I found out she had Hashimoto's thyroiditis, the doctor's answer to that was medication forever. Well, she has Hashimoto's autoimmune condition, which 70% of all the low thyroid cases are this autoimmune component, which means your own immune system is attacking your own thyroid. Well, if it's an immune system problem, taking thyroid medication only is not going to help that immune system problem that's attacking the thyroid. This is why many women who are on low thyroid medication, it's not helping. It's why they still can't lose weight. It's still why they're still sluggish. They're still losing their hair. So I went on this search to find out how do we resolve the autoimmune condition. And so I talked to my other colleagues who are smarter than me, who have more experience, and through their help and my research, we completely resolved her condition in about a year and a half, totally re resolved all her symptoms, and still no thyroid medication. Wow. Oh, and for many of you who are just coming on, I'm here with Dr. Gil Kajiki. He is the founder of the Valley Thyroid Institute, and we're getting to the problems that could be making you overweight, and you don't know why you're not able to lose that actual weight. You keep exercising consistently. You think you're doing right, eating healthy, drinking plenty of water, but it could be something inside your body affecting you. So this is the show for you. Make sure you share this with your friends and your family today, especially the ones who are joining me on Periscope. Make sure you share um, please do, because this is the time for us to really get down to the nitty-gritty of what's really causing the problems. And what, like, I'm glad that she's doing much better now, um, doctor. Um, I mean, I know that had to be devastating for you, but I'm glad that you were able to stick by her side and you went through that and found out the actual issue. Now, you know, this is the, this is the time of year when people are trying to actually lose, you know, really want to lose that weight. What should someone know if they're consistently struggling with the weight issue? What should they do? Well, I, I mean, I, I think uh, if you're having trouble losing weight, I think you have to look at the obvious first, right? I, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm saying use your common sense, look at the obvious. So the obvious things would be this. If you are having alcohol, you are not going to lose weight. If you're eating excessive and when I say excessive, I mean probably two to three times a day. Breads, pastas, carbohydrates, cereals, grains, you're going to have a lot of difficulty losing weight. Okay, The uh, less calories in method is going to be dangerous, right? Because if you, if you think skipping meals and taking in less calories is going to cause you to lose weight, what's going to end up happening is, your body is going to go into starvation mode. 
and it's going to say, I don't know when I'm going to eat next. So if you skip breakfast or skip lunch or you skip a dinner and your body says, I don't know when I'm going to eat next, I'm not going to let go of this fat, then you're going to have a problem. So those are some of the obvious things that you really need to watch out for. And I would do those obvious things first. It is a myth that you need to exercise to lose weight. Not one of my patients has ever been required to exercise to lose weight. And if you go to my website, the valleythyroidinstitute.com, there are over 100 different video testimonials of patients who've been through my protocol and been very happy with their results. And some of them have lost 50 pounds, some of them have lost 40, some have lost 20, some have lost 10. Not one of those people were ever required to exercise. That's a myth. Right. Now, you do need to exercise to maintain your weight loss, but it is not necessary to lose, to lose weight, exercise to lose weight. Right, because I was watching a, an episode on, I think it was live, Michael and Kelly, and it was a doctor, and she was going over some of the myths that we actually heard of, and that was one of them. You know, do you need to consistently exercise to lose the weight? And no, as long as you're really mainly moving throughout the day, that is considered exercise. Just just get up and move. Even if you don't feel like it, just move around. Pick up something. Um, clean your kitchen. You know, that, that are some good things that you can actually do. You don't have to actually work out. But as you said, doctor, if you want to maintain it, then you will probably have to yeah. exercise. But you don't have to exercise just to lose it. And, honey, you see all these women online now, and they're using these, um, what are these, um, I forgot, these little waist trainers. And, oh, oh, boy, I tell you, those are those are all the way far stretched out there. I don't know what to say <laughs> about those. I'm kind of skeptical in using one. Um, yeah. Um, so, doctor, let me see. Um, do you feel like maybe like the current way of diagnosing thyroid disease the TSH test with the official normal range of 0.5 to 5.0 is adequate, or is it missing people who have thyroid disease? Oh, you're absolutely right. It's totally missing people. And and, and I don't want to say that's the, uh, the current way. That's the most common way. If you go mm-hmm. to your endocrinologist or your gynecologist or your GP and they do a thyroid panel, um, you're right. You'll see that that range is like 0.5 to sometimes 5.5. Well, if you've ever gone to a different lab, compare the lab results. Because I'll tell you that with TSH, the lab ranges vary from lab to lab, region to region, state to state, country to uh, region to region, and state to state. So the TSH range in Atlanta is not the same as it is in Los Angeles, as it, is, as it is in Arkansas, as it is in Montana. It varies all over the country. So think about that. How could you have four or five different normal ranges? You can't. That's ridiculous. Right? But the lab ranges vary from each lab to lab because how they get that range is they take a segment of that population in that lab last year, they put them in a bell curve, they throw out the highs, they throw out the lows, and they come up with this range. Well, in that range for that particular lab, you got people who are on thyroid medication, not on thyroid medication, people who are on diabetes medication, people who are on cancer medication, completely healthy individuals, individuals who are about ready to die, 
and it's a very skewed range. So you're right, that range is not accurate. And doctors like myself, we're called functional medicine doctors, we use these functional ranges, which is what we do is we take a range that we got from a lot of different labs and, and uh, different doctor's offices and different studies. And what we do is we basically took a segment of the population that we said, are, do you have any illness? No. Are you taking any medication? No. Do you feel like you're pretty healthy? Any symptoms? No. Great. Put them in a bell curve, throw out the highs, throw out the lows. And the range right. that we use is 1.8 to 3.0. So you're absolutely right. If you came up 3.5 and your lab range says 0.5 to 5.5, you're considered normal, but you still have these low thyroid symptoms. And in my office, I would have caught it. Right. And and I think it's becoming a typical number among thyroid specialists. Now, what do you really feel – what do you feel that a holistic or integrated doctor like yourself brings to thyroid care that patients may find unique or possibly better compared to a, a poorly um, conventional practitioner? Well, one thing is that if, if you go to your traditional medical doctor, like I said, MDs, uh, you know, gynecologists, uh, endocrinologists, they're probably only going to do two or three out of the 11 possible thyroid tests. That's it. They'll just do two or three. They won't do all 11 of them. Why? Because they only need TSH and T4 to justify giving you some medication. So why would they bother doing the other tests? So they don't. And you'll find that if you go to these traditional medical doctors, they will only give you two or three of these 11 thyroid tests. Well, if you go to an integrative doctor or a functional medicine doctor like myself, we're going to do all 11 because we know that there could be hidden problems, hidden thyroid problems that these other tests reveal that the traditional medical doctors don't do. And if your only choice for treatment is medication, radiation, and surgery, you don't need to do all those 11 tests. Okay. And that that sounds like that makes perfect sense. That's why I'm glad that you're on. Um now, uh, being in your line of work, what are some common signs that someone has a thyroid problem? Because, I mean, I could be walking around, I don't even know the symptoms or the signs to detect this. You're right. You're right. And I think one of the one of the concerns I have for the general population is they mistake common for normal. Okay. okay. Uh, in other words, it's common to be tired at the end of a workday but it's not normal. It's common to get fatigue and weight gain. We okay? Yes, we good, doctor. Okay. Okay. Uh, It's common to get fatigue and weight gain and hair loss and heart palpitations as you get older, but it's not normal. So don't mistake common for normal. That's one problem. So, you know, like you said, yeah, I've got, you know, I get your everyday headache, you know, just like everyone else. I got indigestion just like everyone else. No, that's not normal. So you need to be able to recognize that these problems you're having are not normal. They're common. So you have to really very well self-evaluate or you don't even know to go to the doctor. So it is not normal to have weight gain and hair loss and heart palpitations, even a little bit. A little bit is not okay. A little bit tell, tells you that there's still a problem. 
And just because it, you just feel it a little bit, that doesn't mean there's a big problem brewing underneath the surface, which will become a huge symptomatic problem later. So you really got to be aware and really self-evaluate yourself um, to not let these little things go. I mean, just because you can't go to work, that doesn't mean you have the problem, right? So you have to really be careful about how you self-evaluate. Right, and know your information because there's so much information out there. You want to be accurate enough. And sometimes it's hard too, doctor. I mean, like we we get, I guess we could say afraid, scared, uh, whatever word we want to choose, and we go and pick up all these books, and we don't know what's the right information. We think what we're reading is right. I mean, oh, it, it's just so much out here. And we go online sometimes. That's that can be false, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It, it, as a patient right now, it's really it's really kind of scary to uh, be out there and try to figure out what's going on. Um, right. You know, something very common I hear in my office is I'll be treating my patients, and I hear them say, well, I heard that X and X and X. So the first thing I say to them is, number one, where did you hear this from? And if they say, well, my friend told me, then I'll ask them, is your friend a doctor? And I can yeah, tell you no, that right. 99 times out of 100, they're not. Okay. If you're getting advice from your friend, or your peer, your coworker, whoever, and they're not a doctor, I would really question that advice. Okay. I don't take electrical advice from my plumber, and I don't take <laughs> uh, you know, automotive repair advice from my attorney. Right, you take the advice from the expert, and exactly. so you need to really watch who you get your advice from. The second thing is, if you if I hear, well, I read on the internet, then the next thing I'll tell them is, well, you know what, Doctor Google is not treating you. Okay, Doctor Google doesn't know your symptoms. Doctor Google doesn't know your test results. Only I do. I'm your treating doctor. So. You really have to be careful about where you get your information. You do. And I guess this falls into it, too, for anyone else who's um, in questioning about this. What else do you feel is probably particularly important to your thyroid evaluation of patients? Ooh, good question. Because there's a lot of criteria. I mean, I guess one thing is that doctor or whoever you consult with, they need to have some experience. They they need you need to see that they have experienced difficult cases and they have good track records. And um, you know, I use my video testimonials on my website as social evidence that we can handle difficult cases. Um, you know, I'm one of the few doctors in the country that I can work with people remotely. I mean, so most of your listeners are probably from Atlanta. I've got people in Canada and Romania, Germany, New Zealand. I can work with your people in Atlanta, and they don't have to go to the office or fly to the office. I can work with them remotely. Um, so that's a huge advantage if you find somebody who you are feeling confident with, but you can't physically get to their office. You can work with them long distance like, like me. So look for that experience. Look for you know that ability to work remotely. Look for somebody who does all the thyroid tests, not just two or three of them. Look for someone mm -hmm. who is going to know that you need thyroid medication, not just give it conveniently as a first attempt. Um, 
Well, she, uh, my friend Irene also was telling me that the doctor put on a certain type of medication. Um, I think it started with an L, because um, she wrote me this morning about it. I think I think so. It had an L and an X in it. I'm gonna have to pull it back yeah. up. Um, right. um, Probably Levothyroxine. Right. What, in your opinion, what is better, natural or synthetic thyroid hormone medication? Well, once again, um, I treat everyone as an individual. So patient A may respond to levothyroxine, but patient B may not. Okay, so you have to be individual. I mean, it kind of bothers me that doctors have their quote-unquote favorite drug and they give everyone armor, or they give everyone levothyroxine, or they give everyone sensory. There is no best for one for everybody, right? Everyone is different. So you, unfortunately, that's a trial and error. You have to try it, see how you respond, and if you don't respond, well, then you know, maybe need to change the medication that you've got. But you also need to see that doctor who is giving you all 11 thyroid tests because maybe it's, you know, maybe it's, you're going to get more information by getting these other tests. And maybe it's not even your thyroid. Okay, It might be something that I call triggers. And triggers are body dysfunctions that very closely mimic a thyroid problem, but it isn't a thyroid problem. So okay. someone could be giving you their favorite medication and changing it and changing it and changing it, and it's still not working, and maybe it's not a thyroid problem. Maybe that's why it's not working. Wow. Right. Okay. Yeah. Does, does Irene, your doctor I hope who you go – I'm sorry, go ahead. Right. No, I was going to say, Irene, I hope your questions again answered, darling. This is uh, this is so um, very informative. So I hope that all her questions again answered. And if you have any more questions, you know to definitely call in or you can post up here on Facebook as well. Um, but what we're going to do, we're going to take a short commercial break, and we're going to come back with Dr. Kajiki, and we're going to ask some more of your questions and get right into the nitty-gritty of things. So don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after this short commercial break. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog Talk, Blog Talk Radio, baby. Today, my new dad threw a barbecue. Today, my new son and I threw a barbecue. There were burgers and chicken. I burnt everything. The burgers, the chicken, the salad. Ah, they were delicious. They were awful. And then and then we had watermelon. <laughs> I'm allergic to watermelon. And then we played catch. I broke Mr. Lewis's window. Mrs. Wakeham's window. Mrs. Wakeham's windshield. And then, somehow, my hand. My hand! <laughs> and then my dad even let me drive his car. The hospital's on the right! It was a rough day. It was a great day. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of kids in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. All right, we're we're back with Dr. Kajiki, and we're talking about thyroid problems that could be causing you not to lose weight 
and we all strive to lose weight, but sometimes it just seems like it's off balance. Hello from Miami. Thank you for joining me. I hope that you're really getting informed on this show today. And please leave your heart, spread, share on Insta, um, share on Twitter, Facebook. Let your family and friends know of this show as well. If you want to call in, do so at 347-426-3751. Um, doctor, what is, uh, my question, since we all talked about most of the medicines and what's better for you and some of the signs and everything, you have... Um, a known protocol called Kajiki Low Thyroid Protocol. What is it? What is involved in this? Right. Well, um, what I do is, even though I specialize in this thyroid, I look at the whole body as my my protocol. So I don't just look at your thyroid because what I know is the thyroid affects the adrenals, it affects the kidney, it affects the liver, it affects the gastrointestinal tract. It affects all these different body systems. So I look at all the body systems, number one, as a possible problem. Then Mm -hmm. I do very specific lab testing to test for those triggers we talked about. Right. And so I do blood, stool, saliva, urine tests to find those triggers. Now, as I mentioned, triggers are body dysfunctions that very closely mimic a thyroid problem but isn't a thyroid problem. So if you're going to your thyroid doctor and they're suspecting a thyroid problem and all they're doing is looking at the thyroid for your weight gain, fatigue, hair loss, heart palpitations, bloating, digestive issues, well, you know what? That may not be thyroid only. It may be a food sensitivity, a leaky gut, a hormone imbalance, and adrenal gland dysfunction. And those triggers all mimic that thyroid problem. So you could have the triggers and you can have the thyroid problem. So my Kajiki protocol makes sure that we evaluate all those body systems and we do it through lab testing so we can very specifically create individual personalized protocols for each and every person where we will tell them what to eat and what not to eat and tell them how to change their diet and give them specific herbal compounds to remove those triggers and give them uh, right. vitamins and minerals, but based on lab test results, not based on what my favorite mineral or enzyme is. Well, I'm sure these are the kind of patients you want to work with every day. You want the kind that's going to actually be willing to work with all aspects of their health. As you said, you can't go out there and get your opinion from someone else. If you're going to come into my office, I need you to listen to me and understand this is what I'm recommending for you. And I know that you probably, um, do you, now here's a question you probably didn't expect. Do outspoken opinionated patients who are constantly asking questions, uh, for example, just drive you crazy? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what, I think it depends upon how they ask the question. If they're right. trying to ask the question to make me wrong about something, I, I take issue with that. I think it depends upon why they want to know the answer. If they just want to know because they want to know, but it's not going to do their case any good, eh, you know, I'm going to reserve you know, the right to answer that question or not. But I don't mind people asking questions. I think it's great that they ask questions, but ask applicable questions. Ask questions that are going to give you an answer that's going to get you ahead. 
Right, exactly. Um, are there any particular patients that are for this treatment that you would specify, or is, or it doesn't matter, you take all? Oh, no, not at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you go on my website, I offer a free 15-minute phone consultation. And oh, good. So you go to valleythyroidinstitute.com, and you go to Schedule Consultation, and on there you'll get a free 15-minute consultation with me. Now, that's both of our opportunity for the patient to get a feel for me, see if you like my style, and it gives me a chance to talk to you about your case and see if you're a good candidate for care. If I find that you're possibly not a good candidate for care, I'll let you know right there, and I won't waste your time, and I won't waste your money. I'll tell you, look, Mary, you know, based on our conversation right now, I don't think you're a good candidate for my care. I would recommend you go to A, B, C, or I'll give some recommendation on where to go next. But I do not accept everyone for care. Right. You gotta be. You gotta be coachable. You gotta be a participant in this. You can't go. Ah, oh, let me go to the left. And okay, you either gonna listen to me or you gonna try to do it on your own. And 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 in this situation, I probably wouldn't want to do it on my own. And I do get a lot of holistic. Um, guests on my show who say they go into that way, you know, to heal themselves. Me personally, I don't knock anyone for doing anything, doctor. I just, I like to go to a doctor. I want a, a medical expert to give me my advice. I don't want to try something, not be laying up in the bed, cripple, you know. So I just prefer to do it my way, but each to their own. Now, what is in, what is involved in treatment for low thyroid symptoms? Well, once again, you got to get to the root cause, and the only okay. way you're going to get to the root cause with an individual person is do the proper lab test. Um, my approach is I don't believe that you can accurately find out what kinds of dysfunction somebody has without lab testing. Uh, there are pl plenty of people out there that completely disagree with me, and that's fine. They do their own way. But I believe that you need lab tests to specifically know what types of dysfunctions people have. And so I do these lab tests. I find out what the dysfunctions are. I find out what the abnormal markers are. And then I create specific individualized protocols with dietary changes, lifestyle enhancements. Um, I do vitamin, mineral, enzyme uh, therapy. And I monitor this person's progress every two weeks and then I retest these lab tests in 60 to 90 days. So that way I know I'm on track. The patient could actually feel the difference as they're getting better, and then they could actually see the difference in the lab test marker that they're getting better. Right. Um, and excuse me, Doc. For all the ones that's on Periscope right now, if you feel that you have to be negative, you need to get off because we're not, we're not doing it. We're grown. We're not going to do that on my Periscope. We're having an appropriate conversation. If you want to do that, you need to get yourself off right now. I'm not going to go through that with you. No immatureness on my on my Periscope. Not at this moment. I'm sorry. We're, we're too old for that. It's 2016. Grow up. Um, so, doctor, getting back to the conversation, what is the cost of your treatment? Um. People aren't going to like this, but this is the truth. Uh, it varies, right? Every, like I said, I treat every case individually. So 
So there is no average, there is no maximum, there is no minimum. Every case is treated individually. And the cost of the case depends upon the complexity of the case. So I won't know even whether you're a candidate for care until we do that free 50-minute phone consultation. And then once we do that free 50-minute phone consultation, then at that point I can tell you, hey, it sounds like we could work together. Let's do a more comprehensive consultation. And at that point I can tell you which lab tests do we need, how much do they cost, what do we need to do next, and then I can start getting a feel for cost. It would just be unfair to everyone if I just gave a blanket cost on what it's going to be because I really don't know what's involved until I do these lab tests. Right. Right. No, I understand that. I'm in business myself, and that's the first thing people always ask, well, what does it cost? Hold up. I can't give you the cost until I know precisely what you're looking for. We don't want yeah. to talk about money. Let's talk about what your goals are with getting healthy and getting your skin beautiful and getting that energy level up. We don't want to go into money. Money runs people off, right? <laughs> so yeah. we definitely want to just talk about you at first. People love, that's the first thing. I don't know why people always do that. How much it costs? Uh, slow up. It's not the grocery store. The prices are not up right. there yet. So let's, let's just wait. Yeah. I mean- um, People don't ask how much you know cancer therapy and, and uh, heart surgery costs before they get it. If you need it, you get it. Right. Right. You do. You don't. You gonna you gonna just get it. Don't matter. Um, <laughs> now, <laughs> now you say you have an all natural protocol. What exactly does that mean when you say all natural? Uh, what that means is that it it doesn't have any type of um, synthetic or prescription medications involved. Now, if you're already on it and you need it, great. You know, I'm not going to be the one to determine whether you reduce that or you get off of that or get more of that. The doctor who gave you that is going to determine that. But I can work with those doctors and I can work with you as a patient if you still need to take that medication. But all my protocols that I want to give to you are going to be all natural and non-prescription. Okay, awesome. And I think that sounds good to people out there. I have so many friends who love the natural supplements, so that would be excellent for them. Uh, So what exactly is your success rate with your cases? What kind of results can someone expect to see with your protocols? Uh, High 90s. High high 90s. Um, I don't know how long it takes people to feel better. Um, mm-hmm. If you go on my website again, you'll you'll see those patient testimonials. Um, you'll see people on there that got 90% better in two weeks. You'll see people who got 80% better in three months. Some people got 50% better in a month. So it really varies. But on the average, I can tell you that the average patient seems to feel noticeably better in about six to eight right. weeks. And that's about high 90s of all the people that I accept for care will experience that average. Okay, and that sounds sounds pretty reasonable right there to have that high number. Um, if I wanted to, if, if or if anyone going through this issue, can they continue just working with their own medical doctor as well, or you suggest them to not do that? Oh, no, I never suggest they don't work with their medical doctors, I mean, especially okay. if you have a good relationship with them. Um, but what I know is that if somebody's contacting me, then whoever they're seeing, it's not working for them. 
Okay. Right. So I'm not really uh, a substitute for that doctor. I may be an adjunct or a supplement to their care. Um, if somebody needs medication, then yeah, you need you need to keep taking the medication. But perhaps our goal might be let's try to reduce that medication or even get you off of it to see if you really do need it. Right. Um, and I guess on to my next question would be, um, of course, we know you work with people all around the world, and that's wonderful. He even told you how he does that, too. Uh, what is what is so different about your service than an endocrinologist? Well, I think it, you're – I'm talking in general terms here now, but if you go to your average endocrinologist, um, they're very thyroid-focused, right? So when you walk in the door, all they see is the thyroid glands. And as I mentioned, there are triggers, and these triggers are body dysfunctions that very closely mimic a thyroid gland problem but isn't. So they're looking for thyroid, looking for thyroid, looking for thyroid, and you, in fact, might have a thyroid problem. But if you've got an accompanying adrenal problem, accompanying digestive problem, an accompanying hormone imbalance, an accompanying food sensitivity, they're probably not going to catch that. They're probably going to miss that. And so – being that their only treatments are medication, radiation, and surgery, if those three treatments don't work for you, they're going to miss that whole problem because they're not treating the body as a whole. They're not you know, integrating all the different parts. They're just looking at the thyroid or looking at the hormones. They're not treating the whole body, and that's what I do that's different. I treat the whole body. I don't just specialize in that one little area. Right, and – um, now, I would have probably a question for the women um, out here. Why do women with treated hypothyroidism frequently still have inappropriately high levels of cholesterol and high triglycerides, and what can they do to help lower these levels? Well, I can tell you that in most cases, not all, in most cases, high cholesterol is due to their diet. Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's pretty overwhelming that their diet is the main culprit of their high cholesterol. And that's because um, a lot of people still believe this old myth that if they just eat no fat, that they won't get cholesterol. And that's a myth. What causes high cholesterol dietarily is the carbs, beans, rice, potatoes, corn, alcohol, pasta, uh, you know, all those different high-carb foods are what causes the high cholesterol. And also, when your thyroid gland malfunctions and it becomes hypothyroid, that also throws off your cholesterol metabolism, and that will also cause, cause you to have hypothyroid. But until you change that diet, that's always going to be a factor in your thyroid functioning good or not. So you've got to change your diet, and you've got to address the thyroid issue, and there's some liver components in there, too. If, if you've got a congested liver because you drink alcohol, even if it's just one drink a day, you could have some liver congestion, and that liver is what processes that cholesterol. So th there's a number of different factors of why someone has high cholesterol and high trigs, but that hypothyroid, yeah, that's one reason, but you can't just correct the thyroid and that cholesterol is going to go down. you got those other factors, too. Right, okay, and... um. What trend are you actually seeing with your thyroid patients? Um, I'm seeing that 
diet is a huge factor, is that um, <clears throat> there are very few patients that I encounter that have a thyroid problem who've, who've got a very clean diet. I can tell you that almost no one comes to me for care that has a customized, personalized dietary protocol for them that they got through different types of testing. And and so that's why just doing, if I said, here, uh, audience, eat this or don't eat this or do this, it may not be the right protocol for you. You have to have your protocol individualized, especially your eating protocol. So you got to find out what kind of foods you can eat and what kind of foods you cannot eat. Um, before some sophisticated testing came out, I used to think that everyone could eat avocados. Well, I found out that that's not true. I used to think that everyone could eat beef and chicken and pork and shrimp, and that's not true. So I, you know, with this new testing methods now for foods, I can customize someone's protocol and, and customize their diet and give them the best chance for lowering their cholesterol and helping their thyroid and decreasing their inflammation and not irritating their gut. Wow. Right. Because everybody's body level is so differently. Um, that's why I was telling my friend, you have to be careful of what you actually eat. You can't go and splurge and, you know, you can't eat them pork chops every day. And they're, and they're so good <laughs> to you. You, got, you know, the older that you get, you have to really take care of your body. And I get that question sometimes on a job. Oh, are you on a diet? I don't do diet. Diet to me are excuses, but I eat better choices. Because, as I said, you get older. You have to change. You can't keep doing something that you did when you were 13. You can't go out there and keep trying to roller skate, and you know you're 70. I mean, you might can, but expect the consequence if you fall down, you might not heal quickly. You know, so you have to be cautious. The older that you get, your body changes, just like with the seasons. Can't go out there and keep trying to wear flip-flops all day, and it's zero degrees outside. You know something is over with, so... That's what people fail to realize when it when it's your time over, it's your time over. Not saying that oh, you have to give up on being fun, but you got to be cautious when it comes to your health more. And that's what people fail yeah. to realize. Um, I guess this would be a question too um, for the man. Do you feel that there are any special considerations, issues, or treatments for men with hypothyroidism? For men, did you say? Yes, sir. For men. For men, well, men, unfortunately, are lucky in this area because only about one out of ten men who have a, a, a thyroid problem. I mean, so okay. we're kind of lucky in that area, only one or ten of us. But as far as that goes, it's no different than women. Yeah, you got to look at your diet. you got to look at the triggers. You have to you know, do all 11 thyroid tests. So um, I don't treat my male patients any different than my female patients. I still do the lab testing on all of them. I still do 11 thyroid tests on all of them. I still look for the triggers on all of them. Um, I don't have to worry as much about the autoimmune component because you know, not too many men have that autoimmune component. But it's interesting that when I do get male patients, Almost all of them have that autoimmune component, and that's because it, it, because men hardly ever get this. Um, most endocrinologists don't know how to handle these cases with men, so they you know search the internet and they find me. Um, now I don't know if this is so true, doctor, but um, 
I read too, it's known that more thyroid hormone is needed by some patients during colder weather. Are there other things you recommend patients do to winterproof their metabolism? Ooh, good question. Um, I don't know that you could winterproof your metabolism, but I think there are things you can do to um, help it out. Um, you know, I, I, I think uh, one thing is that maintain consistent body temperature. Uh, you, you know, especially where you are, you you kind of get a drastic change in temperature with the season. Um, you oh, know, in yeah. L.A., it's 70, 80 degrees all year round, right? So we don't have to worry about it as much. But, you know, if you're going to go from, uh, you know, like a warm environment and get to your car and just say, well, you know, it's only 30 feet, well, yeah, but your your body's still encountering that drastic temperature change, so I, I would watch that. Um, eat more consistently. Uh, in, in the colder weather, you burn more calories trying to keep your body at that higher uh, body temperature because the environment is cold. You need to eat more consistently, so don't eat just three meals a day. Eat maybe six small meals a day. And make sure every meal includes some type of a protein, whether you're a vegetarian or not. Make sure it includes some type of protein. Don't just have a carbohydrate, which is like a pasta or a muffin or a roll or, or you know, a candy bar. Make sure it contains a slow-burning sugar rather than a fast-burning sugar. Um, and that all helps your metabolism in these colder times too. Okay. Now, um also, this is, um, you know, 30 years ago, and that's how long you've been in this practice. Um, it was found that people in the U.S. were getting about 10 times more iodine than they needed. And in the mountains of Mexico and in the Andes and in a few other remote places, iodine deficiency still exists. Um, would you say that they should? Should people with hypothyroidism add more iodine, like kelp, seaweed? Um you know, I, I'm going to say no. Once again, it, it, it varies on person to person. Uh, typically okay. on the East Coast and the West Coast, we don't have iodine deficiencies, right? Because the oceans covered up our East and West Coasts. The Central United States, typically, you know, they have a little bit more um, iodine in the Central States because they didn't have that ocean covering up, you know, their, their land. So, um, and I can tell you this, iodine will typically, varies from person to person, but iodine will typically flare up Hashimoto's. And Hashimoto's is 70 to 90% of all the low thyroid cases. So I think it's dangerous for someone just to arbitrarily start supplementing with iodine just because they have low thyroid. Yes, your thyroid needs iodine to function properly, but does it need supplemental iodine? I don't know. That varies on person to person. Okay. Now, what information, before we leave off the show, what information do you have that people can um, access, and what is your website? Well, I would go to my website, Valley Thyroid Institute, and there's three areas I'd like you to check out. One is the free thyroid report. So you can go on my website and download the free thyroid report, and it's an 11-page report. You have immediate access to it. Uh, tells you about the testing that I do, tells you about the autoimmune component, tells you about the triggers. That's a very, very valuable piece of information right there, that free thyroid report. Secondly, I'd go to the 
free consultation. Schedule 15 minutes of time with me. Right? It doesn't matter where you're located in the world, the United States, I can work with you. I you know, have home testing that we can do. We do blood tests in the area that you live. And it's no problem at all for me to work with you, whether you walk in the door or work with you remotely by phone. And that gives you a chance awesome. to get a feel for me, right? We get a feel for my style, and it lets me know or gives me a chance to see if you have a good uh, case for, for care. And then the third thing is go to the video testimonials. I've got over 100 video testimonials. These are people who are willing to put themselves on video and tell the world basically what kind of success they got at my office. It's not a written testimony. It's a video. They're willing to put themselves out there and say, look, I got great results here. Uh, I really feel confident about this treatment. This is what my results were. And on there, you'll see that people have the exact same symptoms as you. You're not the only one out there. There are very few cases that I haven't come across before. Uh, so that, that would be, I think, what I would want your listeners to know about is those three areas on the website, and that's valleythyroidinstitute.com. Well, Doctor, I really do appreciate you for coming on and answering our questions today. This this has been so open-minded, you know, really tuning us in because we have so many health issues that we don't know about, and we really don't even talk about thyroids. I don't think I ever hear too many shows even focused on this situation, so I'm glad to actually have you on, so thank you so very much. Thank you very much for having me. So, listeners, I hope that you got all that information, and if you're watching replay, make sure that you definitely get in contact with the doctor, and if you're watching replay on Periscope, make sure you give me plenty of heart, and also um, stay in tune with me. You can find me. You can message me on Facebook. I'm at Technisha Day. I, will, I probably won't take your friend request, but I definitely don't mind answering your questions. Um, and the truth of the day for my friend Mary Ellen is this. Focus wholeheartedly on the duties before you. Becoming grounded in the present now moment allows you to direct your focus towards objectives that are most important. Allow worries to flee from your mind because they have no foothold in the now. You are entirely concerned with this moment and doing your best. There is no thought to the possibility of failure. Concentrate on the individual details of each project you tackle in every now moment. This will allow you to complete projects efficiently and effectively. Today, focus wholeheartedly on the duties before you. Enjoy the day and have lots of fun. Stand in the now. And remember, expand either your mind expands to match your goals or your goals strength to match your mind. God bless you all and you have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 